truly, truly, we are blessed. I don't take one day for granted for being here. I mean, we can go for a walk and see two owls in a tree. Uh, you know, hawks everywhere. Eagle. I have an eagle fly by almost every day. It's like, it's a dream. It's truly a dream. Hello and welcome to the Wild Shutter Podcast. I'm Matthew Gailey coming to you from Pennsylvania. On our podcast, we like to speak with photographers and find out the stories behind their favorite images. Thank you so much for taking the time out to listen to our podcast or watch it. I highly recommend that you watch our podcast here on YouTube. Um, if you're listening on audio platform, Go ahead and listen to that there, but be sure to check back out on YouTube because we're going to be looking at the images of our guest here today, and you're not going to want to miss those. We have also recently started a Facebook group for this podcast, and we're growing slowly, adding more and more photographers and fans of photography, and uh, we encourage you to go ahead and check that out. There's actually a link in the description down below. You can uh, request to join our group, and you can see some amazing images from a variety of photographers all over the world. So uh, without further ado, I'd like to introduce my guest here today. We have Lori Anderson with us. Uh, Lori's from Tennessee, and it's uh, great to have her on the show. She's a wonderful photographer that I've had the pleasure of following along with for quite a few years here, and I'm excited to hear about uh, her journey through photography. So welcome, Lori. Thanks. What I thought that we would do, Lori, before we even start looking at any of your images, maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in wildlife photography. Well, I, I live in Tennessee, and I've lived in Tennessee the majority of my life. I was born and raised in Michigan, and in 1993, we moved to Tennessee. Uh, my husband uh, got a job transfer from GM to Saturn, which Saturn no longer is anymore. So um, by photography, so my grandfather on my dad's side and my dad were big photographers. They did a lot of landscape photography and family photography. Um, I got my first camera, which I still have, a Kodak Instamatic, um, when I was probably 10 or 12. And then um, I remember in elementary school, I actually took a photography class in the summertime. Um, it was more abstract photography, and it totally did not interest me. <laughs> and I've always been an outdoor girl, and um, why I didn't get into outdoor photography at that time, I don't know. But I went through a series of a lot of, like, Canon Coolpics cameras, and then my first real camera, I guess you would call a bigger body, would be probably a Canon it was a T-series, probably a T3 or T4, which a lot of people start out with. You know what? So many people, that was my T3i, was my first, and some other people that I've talked to on this podcast, that was their first too. Yeah, it was a great camera. And so then I moved into a 70D, and as soon as I bought it, I had regret <laughs> because I wished I had gone full frame. But I kept it. I mean, you know, you get closer images. And so I had that until I just kept moving up going to a 6D and now I'm a Canon R5. And, um, you know, I got into wildlife photography because 
um, I was taking my grandson out for hikes a lot. And you get out there and you see how beautiful everything is. You see things that you just don't normally see on an ordinary day. And it was like, boy, I need to, you know, start taking pictures of this stuff so that I don't just have it in my mind. I actually have it when I get back home to enjoy it and remember, um, you know, that hike that we were on or whatever. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you, you mentioned that you lived in Michigan and I know just from following you on Instagram that you go up to visit your mom and that's around the water. And now you're around the water where you live now. Has that always been something uh, that you were attracted to things that were happening on the water? Yes, I have been at the lake that my parents built their house on. My both sets of grandparents had a cottage on that same lake. My mom's whole family is from Traverse City, Michigan area. And um, so I have been at that lake since I was in my mother's womb, <laughs> literally. And uh, so it's been all my life. And in fact, I'm going up this weekend and spending a week up there. Um, but yes, so my both grandparents were on the lake. Then my parents, when I was in probably ninth grade, eighth or ninth grade, ninth grade, they bought a cottage, which was their second home. And then they ended up, um, when my dad and mom retired, my mom was a teacher, my dad worked for GM. When they retired, um, then they sold their house downstate and they lived up there permanently on the lake. And my mom's 95 and still in her house at the lake. Wow, that's amazing. Yes. <laughs> Well, yeah. great that you're able to go up there and spend time with her, too, and, and enjoy being on the lake with her once again. Yeah. So you shared uh, three images with us that we're going to take a look at, um, and I thought that we would start here. Um, I believe it's a kingfisher. It is. That is diving down into the water. Uh, just It's on the screen. It's fantastic. Tell us a little bit about it. So we live on the lake in Tennessee. We lived in another town about an hour and 20 minutes away. It's always been my dream to live on a lake. And so a couple years ago, we bought this property and we built our dream house. And so I have a unique op opportunity where I'm at because I can stand out on a balcony and the lake is right there. There's a tiny little island just off the corner of our property. And I saw three kingfisher out there the other day. It's, there's kingfisher there all the time. And they are like my biggest challenge to take a picture of. Biggest challenge. And it's like the more pictures I take, I can't get enough. I have, it's like, well, I can do better. I can do better. So I was standing on the balcony just watching a kingfisher just anticipating he's going to go down, he's going to get something. One of these days I'm going to catch it. And the lake was like glass that day. And he dove down. And <laughs> he came and that, with a crawdad, so. <laughs> <laughs> and that, that moment, you know, and I'm, I don't know, were you shooting electronic? Um, I think, oh, it might have been. It might have been. I never okay. know. Switch back and forth. It's like. Just depends on the situation a lot of times, yeah. but the I'm, so I'm sure, nevertheless, that you had multiple frames leading up to oh, this yeah. moment. Oh, yeah, that, and, <laughs> and this one that you selected is just so cool. Like there, 
it's like there's no splash. It's just he's that perfect dive that you would want to see at the Olympics. It's incredible. I know. If you look real close, you can see his beak, like, within the water. Mm-hmm. Cool. And it's like how they don't bump into rocks because we have rocky, you know, the bottom of our lake is rocky. Mm-hmm. Don't hit that. I don't know. Yeah, because, I mean, based on the picture, it doesn't look very deep, but it could be misleading. But you're right. To be going down at the speed that they go at and not to hit that and knock themselves out, basically. Right, because the crawdad, they hang out at the rocks so that it's not like a fish that's swimming around. So they can go right down in there and, you know, just pull that right out of there. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. And one thing that you said that I totally get you you take a picture but like people will say what is and i asked you pick three of your favorite shots but what is your favorite shot for me it's always the next one (laughs) that's true that's true so yeah you you mentioned you know trying i can do better i can do better and that's why we stay out that's why we go out and we shoot the same thing the same subject over and over because you just don't know the next time what you're going to see what's going to be different right yeah, yeah, I had that happen one day. I went, I know where there's some osprey in an osprey nest. There's actually two over there. I actually went over there to take pictures of osprey, but it was like, I don't want it at the nest because I have 10,000 pictures of it at the nest. I want it going down in the water getting a fish. So I went, I waited. It was like, well, the osprey aren't doing anything. They're sitting in the nest. So I drove down a little ways. And, I'm, and it, see, I like you because you stay in your car lots of times <laughs> from your car, and I do too. And it's just, you know, so I pull up to the spot where the river is right there, and I look out, and I'm like, oh, I think here comes an osprey. And so I'm watching. I raise up my camera, and I look. And it's like, oh, my gosh, it's not an osprey. It's an eagle. And, you know, I know eagles, they circle around if, if they come around once, you wait 20 minutes, they're going to come back. Sure enough, came down, swooped down, got a fish, flew off, and literally I sat there and said, I can't even believe this. I literally yeah. cannot believe that just happened. And you were in position. My camera on was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. Yeah, that, to be in that spot ready is, is awesome. You know how many times I've seen it happen <laughs> and like you're driving and you're like, Oh geez, that was beautiful. But you aren't in a position to shoot. Yes. Or you're out and you don't have your camera with you. Right. Like I was out for a walk the other day and here comes four Fox kits. And I'm like, Really? If I drive back here in 20 minutes, they'll be gone. Exactly. Well, I've got a tip for you then. Okay. Cotton carrier. I, I bought a cotton carrier, and honestly, it is one of the best things I ever bought for photography. I don't know if you have one or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I love it. it because then your, your hands are free, yeah. and the weight isn't on your back. It's not in a bag on your back. It's just right there. It's super comfortable, and yeah, Whenever in my neighborhood, you're not going to have a chance for anything like that. It's pretty, uh, pretty busy here. <laughs> but um, yeah, whenever we're going on walks in a wooded area or whatever, that cotton carrier goes on 
And uh, I don't care how many people look at me like, what are you doing? Because <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to be ready. I'm going to be ready. Yeah, well, all of my neighbors know I take all these pictures. So yeah. I could go on my daily walk and wear one of those, and nobody would think anything. <laughs> well, yeah, it, it's honestly, I, I highly recommend it because it, it's made a difference. It helps my back, too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I'm looking at, at your images here, and uh, the next one that I, I wanted to talk about is the Loon family. Uh, I've never had this opportunity. I'm super excited to, to one day shoot something like this, but I love the color in this image, that bright green, you know, reflecting in the water. Um, was this made in Michigan? Yes, it was. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> It has always been my dream to get not just baby loons, but the loons on the mom's back. And mm. I really thought I would never get the opportunity because I'm always up in Michigan at the wrong time. And two years in a row happened to be up there at the right time. And I have a friend that I met um, through photography, actually was up there for in the wintertime and I wanted to get the snowy owl, owls because they get those up there. So I met her through that and then she has been kind enough to take me out on a little lake that's like, it's just a jump from my mom's lake. And there's loons over there too. And so got over there and the babies had just hatched and got to catch her and it's just, what I like about loons is they are so trustworthy that you can take a kayak up very close to them and they trust you. And, you know, as long as you give them the space that you need to give them, you can just sit out there and take pictures and they won't, they won't mind. Now, my friend, this is an interesting story. So after I left a couple years ago, she was out in her rowboat and, um, there were loons are very territorial and other loons can come in and they'll kill babies. And so this loon couple was in there with their babies. Some territorial loons came in to fight and the, that mother loon brought her babies over to my friend's rowboat and like dropped them off right next to her boat. And they went off and they did their fight and got the, the intruders out and then they came back around and they got their babies. And it was like, that is so cool. You know, that wildlife can trust humans. When you give them the space and show them that you're not there intruding and you're going to give them their space, they'll give you extra trust, which is pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. I, that, that's incredible. And, you know, really, they have no reason to give us any kind of trust. You know, we're encroaching on their habitat. Right. Um, I know, like with bears, they'll do the same thing. They will uh, bring their young close to where people are. Sometimes they call them roadside bears. And it's not that they're habituated to people, but they're smart enough to know that predators aren't going to want to be near people, and especially like male bears and maybe other things like a coyote or something like that, they stay away from people. So it's really neat to hear that that loon was doing the same kind of thing. 
And, you know, obviously there's been some respectful people that it has encountered in, in the past too, to know that that was a safe thing to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so that, that loon image, that was probably one of the first times that I had submitted an image to, uh, I'm a member of NAMPA. And so I submitted an image and that image won top 250, which was pretty cool. Yeah, that's that's awesome. Yeah. Okay. So maybe their publication. Oh wow. Well, maybe describe a little bit about what Nampa is. We've never discussed that here on the podcast. Okay. Well, it's a North American Nature uh, Photographers Association. Um, it is a great thing to be a part of because you they have so much on their website. There's all kinds of webinars you can watch and log into, I've watched multiple ones and learned so much from other photographers. Um, they have a lot of, you know, there's a lot on their website that you can access as a member. Now I have not met anybody else. You can do like meetups because they'll list membership in different states and they have a summit every year different stuff like that. I haven't been involved in that, but just the content on their website is worth it to me. Oh, fantastic. They have a Facebook page too. A lot of people post on some great, great images that you see there. So if you're a, a nature photographer, it's definitely a great organization to become involved with just for the, the learning aspect of, of and, and communicating with other people like what we're doing here. Yes, so it's like $100 a year. And also, I get my camera insurance. Um, as a member, I get a discount on camera insurance, which um, my local agent, he said, I can't even, I can't insure for what you're, you're getting your insurance for. So it's, it's really great just for even, you know, to make use of that and get your, your insurance. And especially with you being so close to the water all the time, it's probably a, a good thing. <laughs> I, I always worry about that. And, and I've been seeing a lot of things recently where people have these floating hides and they'll be in waders and they're going in and I'm like, oh man, I want to do that so bad, but I'm scared that I'm going to, everything's just going to sink. <laughs> I know, it terrifies me every time I go out. Now, like I used to take my own kayak up to my mom's because I feel mine, I sit down in it. So I can put my bag in there, my camera's down low. Well, it's a hassle to take. It's just a hassle to haul them up there. My mom has a kayak, but it's a sit on top kayak. So now I'm really taking things, you know, dangerous, but I don't know. I just feel if I drop it, it's insured. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be somebody else's problem, kind of. <laughs> It'll be your problem for a little while, at least. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. funny. Um, the third image that you shared with us is really unique here. We've got a, a young deer with uh, a goose, a Canada goose, not a Canadian goose, as some people like to call them, right? A Canada <laughs> goose. Um, those things are everywhere. Everywhere you look, they're everywhere. So tell us a little bit about that scene. Well, so again, I'm standing out on my, my camera is set up all the time. Okay. It's just sitting here on a table 
ready to grab. I always have a battery being charged, so I'm not going to run out of battery life. And I've always got two cards in my camera. So I go out on the deck a lot just to watch. And so the view that I have, I mean, that little island, the can of geese went over there and had babies. I got to watch the whole time she sat on them the day they hatched. So anyways, that's when mama was sitting on the island on a nest, dad was being protective. And all of a sudden I see along the shoreline, here comes a couple deer. And I thought, well, this is gonna be interesting. <laughs> I gotta grab my camera, <laughs> be prepared. So the deer was just so inquisitive. It, you know, the goose was just hollering to back off. And the more the goose did that, the more the deer thought, I got to check this person out, you know, <laughs> edging forward, forward, forward. And then all of a sudden, man, that goose went after that deer. <laughs> and I'm just standing there shooting off frames, you know, there goes the machine gun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. It's a really cool shot. And I kind of feel like it's like framed up really neat with the branch and, and the green and like the wings are framed right around the, the, ears and just great framing within the frame yeah and the funny thing is about two days later the same thing happened that deer came in and was still like like it didn't remember two days ago wow <laughs> crazy it's very crazy um so at the beginning of our conversation here you mentioned about your family and your grandfather and your father and uh, you shared some images with us. And I think that, you know, looking, I always feel like in my family, my grandfather was a photographer. And I feel like if they had the technology that we had today, you know, what, what would they be doing with it? And I like the image that you were sharing some of these things on your Instagram stories. And the image, I believe it's your dad taking yeah. the selfie. Yeah. You know, he was so far ahead of his time. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, see, my dad and my grandpa, and in fact, I've got a wall full of cameras that were my grandfather's. And it's cool to have those. And then, you know, I'm going through slides because literally my grandparents traveled everywhere. So I have at least 20 carousels of slides so there's a hundred slides per carousel. I have probably 20 boxes of their travels all around the United States and just all kinds of pictures. So that's where I pulled up that one of my grandpa. He must've handed off the camera to my grandma and had her take that picture of him at Red Eagle Mountain in Glacier National Park. And she was very good about every slide, tells me exactly where it's at. At the top it says, what year? That was 1958. That was before I was even born. And so now my dad, pretty much the same thing. I've got all these cubes of slides, thousands of them. So I'm digging through them and I came across that one of him taking a selfie and it just cracked me up. <laughs> You know, nowadays, you know, everybody does a selfie. But back then, it was like a selfie wasn't a thing. <laughs> no, so that was like super creative to think, wait, I can shoot a picture of myself in this mirror, you know. Now you see high school girls doing it in the bathroom all the time. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Too funny. 
So there was another image that you shared of, of a boat. Do you know the story behind that? Yes. Yeah, so there is a town called Leland. They call it Fishtown, and it's up near my parents. I have gone there almost every every summer since you know growing up, and so it, you just get the coolest pictures there. So that is a picture in Leland Fishtown that he had taken, and it was kind of cool because it was like a little bit foggy and. You know, the fishermen were getting ready to take, and those that boat that it's on, okay, they still have that boat there. It has been renovated a couple times. There's two of them, and they're named after some guy's daughters. One's Janice Sue, and I can't remember what the name of the other one is, but they still look the same, and you still see fishermen like that because they get ready, and they go out, and they catch, you know, all the fish and bring them in, and then there's a big... Um, Carlson's smoke, they smoke all the fish and it's a pretty cool oh. town. So oh, it's a very, really neat. very historic, very historic town. Yeah. So I, I always think it's, it's really neat to see those images and think back, you know, whenever I started thinking about photography, it was prior to digital. And uh, so I do have a little bit of experience with that, but you know, for, for people that are a little bit younger, the concept of, taking a picture, not knowing what you got until you send that film out to get developed and then you get it back. You know, it's just so foreign to the world that we're living in now. Absolutely. And that's what is mind blowing when I go through these slides and there are so many of them that are so good and they had to set, they didn't have Instamatic cameras. They had cameras. They set the aperture. They set everything on that speed. And for them to get it right and get that picture back, and it's perfect. Hmm. It's like, it would be a lot of trial and error. You know, I mean, they knew their cameras. Yeah, absolutely. And and the, the learning curve that, that I feel like we have now, like it's sped up so much because you get that instant feedback. They didn't get that instant feedback, so. No, like we can take a picture and we can look at the back and say, oh man, the light's off. I need to, I need to make some adjustments here. Or yeah. the light's off, whatever. Them, I mean, they didn't know, you know. And then to remember what your setting was <laughs> so that you could do it better next time. You know, it's just, That's it's right. crazy. And then what I love is like all these slides, they're so, you know, you wouldn't think that they would preserve so well, but they do. Mm -hmm. Some of them have preserved super well. So I pop them into a little machine that, you know, I can take a snapshot of and then pull it into my computer and I can make a little adjustments too, but it's just, it's fascinating to me to pull those out and, you know. I mean, they had the thrill then, just like I have the thrill now in a different way. Absolutely. Well, that, that's really neat. Uh, I kind of want to shift the uh, conversation here to the Sunset Bluff Lake House. <laughs> so we've been, we've been talking about it. We've been talking about the photography all around it. But you had mentioned that this had always been your dream to live on the lake. So tell us a little bit about this project, I'll call it, because I'm sure it absolutely was a project, how this came about and, you know, what what your your joy is now that you're in this dream house. Yeah. Okay. So we've been coming to this particular lake, which this is Tim's Ford Lake. It's a reservoir. It was created in about 1978. 
And um, it is huge. It's huge. Uh, there's at least seven named islands on this lake and a couple unnamed islands, like the little island that's by us is not named. Um, but it, a lot of it's owned by Tennessee Valley Authority. And so it is not developed. So it makes it very, not lots of wildlife. And so anyways, we have, we've been coming here since mid nineties and, um, it was just always, I want to live on the lake. Oh, you know, I grew up going to my grandparents, my parents, that's just a dream to be on the lake. And then, you know, how that dream that comes and it goes because you think it's going to, it'll never happen. It's just, it's a pipe dream. That's not going to happen. Well, one day there was a house that sat here and it burned down. And usually when something burns down, I know from watching property that people don't rebuild. So I was like, well, that's a piece of property that we need to keep our eye on. So in 2020, I think it was, we were just out on a Sunday afternoon. Let's go to the lake and drive around. And I was like, let's go buy that piece of property and buy it and see if they've done anything because the house burned down and stayed sitting there burnt down. It went to the ground, but it stayed like that. Nothing had been changed. Well, we got out here and it had been cleared. And so I was like, I get on Tennessee property data, I'm gonna find out, you know, it's a name changed, whatever. Found out, yep, name changed to somebody else. So went home, sent a letter, a pen and paper letter out and said, if you're interested in selling this property, here's my email address. And the guy wrote back and he said, yeah, we're getting it cleared off to sell it. And I said, well, we're interested. And so that's how we got it. So it never really went on the market, which mm. that's how you have to snatch things up around here. And then I had several people recommend a contractor and he was like a perfect fit for us and took twice as long to build because we built during COVID and had a lot of complications with supplies and everything else. But um, we got through it. Our house sold in 24 hours, wow. which was not expected. And um, we ended up moving here sooner than we had really planned because we had to get out of our house. Um, somebody else that said, hey, I've never rented my house, but you can have our house through the winter, you know? so. We lucked out. Well, then that got me in the area to be able to start, let's scope out wildlife. And I live in a unique neighborhood. It is two peninsulas. So it's small. There's only like 85 lots in here. But I would say over 90% of the pictures I have taken in the past year are taken in my yard. So out my front, which is behind me, I get a fox that walks through almost every day and um, deer galore. Um, I've got a groundhog that's hanging out in my <laughs> lakeside, raccoons. Um, I mean, we're just, you know, I had a snow goose that I never expected to show up. Common lunar out here all winter long. They migrate here. Um, I've had Two years ago, there was a raft of 70 of them out there, which was mind blowing. Um, then there's another little lake that's only maybe 
10 miles away. And in the wintertime, it's a wildlife refuge. So gobs of ducks, all kinds of ducks come in. And as long as I don't go in the areas where they'll post, you know, that's closed during this refuge period, I have to be very selective in where I go because I'm not going to cross the line. Um, but I'm able to do drive-bys and just open up my window and get pictures. So, um, you know, 90% is within, you know, mainly in my yard to within 10 miles away. Wow. Yeah, I, I love seeing what's going through your yard. You know, get on Instagram, like, well, what went through Lori's yard today? <laughs> See, we've got, like, ring cameras, which are out set up, and it will be, like, the ring camera goes off. Oh, let me look. Let me go, because there's people out there. And it's like, well, the fox just went by. He's going to come back. He's either going to circle around and come back, you know, through here. And usually, yeah, that's what it is. So, yeah, it's crazy. I, I find at my house here, you know, we have just some bird feeders set up. And, you know, you could see a cardinal, we'll say. And and some people never see cardinals, like, in their part of the country. And it's it's a thrill for them. And we do have quite a few cardinals around here. But I could be out and I could see a cardinal. And I, I love cardinals. I think they're beautiful. But I could photograph one in a park. But to have that cardinal in your yard makes it extra special. So I'm sure that's how you probably feel about all of these animals. They're your animals. It's a thrill every time. I mean, all I have to do is go out there and sit and watch. And you'd just be amazed at how many things show up. One day I was out there watching, and here comes three otters. Two otters have their mouth, you know, latched onto this fish that's about this big. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, and here they come. They come swimming up, and they got underneath our boat lift, and they sat there and ate that fish. Wow. So just two weekends ago, um, my son-in-law was standing out on the dock fishing, and here comes a beaver. And it was like, I didn't I would have thought that that beaver would have swam off, but he just swam right next to him. It was like, I should grab my camera and right down there. Yeah. Yeah, that's so neat. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. It's a special place to be. It um, really is. I mean, truly, truly, we are blessed. I don't take one day for granted for being here. I mean, we can go for a walk and see two owls in a tree. Uh, you know, hawks everywhere. Eagle. I have an eagle fly by almost every day. And it's, it's like, it's a dream. It's truly a dream. That's awesome. Yeah. I, I love watching those uh, shows where people will go and they'll look at a house. They'll see three houses and they have to pick and stuff. And I kind of feel like you have your, your pick right there that you designed yourself. <laughs> you know, it's like, why can't we have bears over here? <laughs> why can't we just have some bears or moose? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and, and we'll kind of start to, to wrap this up here, but something else that I wanted to mention to you, uh, again, just kind of, I love seeing your stories that you post and even non-wildlife things. Um, 
it seems like you guys have so much fun as a family going out on the water and all of those things. And uh, this beautiful home, being dressed up for the holidays and things like that. And I, I know that you post things that you bake. You have your grandkids over and all of that stuff. And my wife, we have two kids. One's going to be a junior in college. The other one's going to be a junior in high school. And as we've been raising these kids... Her plan was to, she's, she's a very good cook, so she makes all these wonderful things, and she has so many traditions that we do around holidays and stuff like that, so it was like her plan was to make them feel that they have to be here <laughs> whenever they move away at some point, and I feel like that's what you've done. <laughs> okay, yes, 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 so that was my goal, because it was like <laughs> everybody, everybody in the family likes to go to my parents' house. And my mom calls her front door a revolving door in the summertime because somebody's either coming or going. My brother actually just left today. I have three brothers. I'm an only girl and the youngest. And, I'm, and I live the furthest away. <laughs> so, the favorite. You can go ahead and say it. <laughs> I'm the favorite child. <laughs> hey, say. But my brother just, and they must be having a cold snap up there because he sent me a text this morning and said, I left a salt, a bag of salt and a shovel at the back door. <laughs> and I'm like, little do you know, it's going to get hot when I get up there. But anyways, you know, somebody's always coming or going. And I always told my parents, I want, I want that house. You know, it's like the person that has, you know, the Kool-Aid is over at their house. They have, their mom makes Kool-Aid and cookies all the time. I want to go play at their house. You know, that's when I grew up. And now it's like, I have to have a house that my kids want to come to and my grandkids want to come to. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a great plan. <laughs> so we have a bonus room here and it's strict. I have three grandsons and it's strictly like their hangout. So they're, they come and they know they can go up there. They got a TV. They've got those bean bags that fold out into beds. And, you know, we have a little thing that, that we started um, actually before we even moved here. When the kids get out of school, um, I have a little camp and let them come stay with me for a week. And so my one, you know, our last name's Anderson. My daughter, she married a, a fort, so we call it, the boys named it Anderfort Camp. <laughs> <laughs> so they come to Anderfort Camp. So hopefully, I think after 4th of July, we'll have Anderfort Camp. <laughs> well, that sounds like a lot of fun. They come and stay. Wow. And I mean, we take them out, we surf, we wakeboard, we tube, all that stuff. So we, you know, get the boys all involved in that. Yeah, that's awesome. As they grow up, I want, you know, my little dream is I'd love for them to, you know, in their summertime in high school when they have a, a summer job, well, come here and work at the lake and stay, yeah. stay with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you've got it figured out. I, I like that. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I dream about that because I look at my mom. She's got great grandchildren. She's about to have the 21st great grandchild. And Everybody still comes to her house. And that's what I want. I want everybody to still, I want everybody to come to my house. That's special. That, that's great. <laughs> I see those, those holiday you know, gatherings sometimes like, man, I want to go. <laughs> I, know. I know. Looks awesome. I, I see what you're pulling out of the oven. And <laughs> Doors always open. 
<laughs> sounds good. So, Lori, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Um, thank you for spending the time to, to share your images and your stories, and uh, just fantastic. Um, I've, like I said, I've enjoyed following you uh, on social media, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what else comes to visit. Um, definitely, if if you're not following Lori, find her on Instagram. It's Lori Anderson Photography. Correct. Yep. So making sure if we got that right, uh, definitely you can follow her there on Facebook, I believe, too. So you can find her there and, and enjoy all of this lake wildlife that she gets. Um, it's, it's really neat. And I think that whenever you, like we said, you have those encounters and they're in your yard, that special moment that only you get to see. Um, it, it's fantastic to be able to capture that on camera. Yeah, it's kind of nice I don't have to share it with a whole bunch of photographers. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, absolutely. Those quiet encounters are the best ones. Well, and it, when I lived an hour and a half from here, my go-to place was Radnor Lake. And you see a lot of people post from Radnor. And it's like, that was a great place to go. You knew no matter what, you're going to get some good pictures every day, right. every single day. And it's easy to get the picture. It's been a, another whole different learning experience to come here. And these animals around here are not used to people. And so I have to be a little more sneaky in taking mm -hmm. pictures. Yeah. Even I've though they do walk right by, I still have to be sneaky. Yeah, for sure. Well, <laughs> you got your camera set up and you're all ready. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you so much once again uh, for, for listening to the Wild Shutter podcast or watching, as I said. Be sure to tune in on YouTube so you can see these wonderful images that we've been talking about. Give the video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel so you're ready the next time we release another episode. Thanks again. Take care. <laughs>